The governor of New Jersey, he has just enacted a millionaire's tax to try to take some of the terrible pressure off the middle class. So anyone earning a million dollars or more, we're asking you to pay a few pennies more and we'll put every dime of that into the middle class. If you care about the middle class, it's an obvious policy step. But guess what? It's good for the wealthy folks as well. It's a better, stronger society state, uh, and that's good for everybody. From the home offices of Civic Ventures in downtown Seattle, this is Pitchfork Economics with Nick Hanauer, the podcast that reveals the trick in trickle-down economics. I'm Nick Hanauer, founder of Civic Ventures. I'm David Goldstein, senior fellow at Civic Ventures. Uh, We have a very fancy guest today, the governor of New Jersey, Governor Phil Murphy. Uh, But first, we have to offer a big thank you to our listeners, because over 400 of you all over the U.S. used our tool to send the RAND report that we featured to your elected leaders. And just to remind you, the RAND report is this marvelous piece of economic research that showed, among other things, that $2.5 trillion per year has been redistributed upward from the bottom 90% of Americans to the top 1% of Americans. It shows that For the median full-time worker who now earns $50,000 a year, uh, if they had been held harmless by the last 40 years of trickle-down economics, instead of earning 50, they would earn someplace between 90 and $100,000 a year. And it's so important to get that word out. And so thank you to you all who forwarded it on. And if you didn't do it, you can still do it by texting RAND, R-A-N-D, to 670. 076 on your phone or go to civicaction.com slash rand and follow the prompts. It's super fast and you can do it right now on your phone. Uh, And it's so important to get the word out. And I tried the the text uh, version of this and it's really neat. It's kind of fun. Yeah. How well it works. Super cool. Let your Congress people know and give them permission to do the right thing come January. Yeah. So Goldie, we're lucky to get to talk to the governor and, um, he, I think, is doing a really good job in New Jersey. But when we're going to zoom into something that he just accomplished, something that we wish the governor and the legislature in Washington state would accomplish, is he has just enacted a millionaire's tax to try to take some of the terrible pressure off the middle class in the state of New Jersey. Right. And to be clear, New Jersey has long had an income tax, unlike Washington. Yeah. Uh, but what they did was they they raised that tax by just two percentage points on incomes over $1 million. Yeah. And, and partially that's to address the budget crisis that they're facing during the pandemic. And partially it's to try to rebalance New Jersey's tax code to make it uh, less regressive and less of a burden on the middle class. And honestly, that's a problem nationwide. We like to think in America that we have a progressive tax system. And as you've repeatedly pointed out, that's actually no longer completely true with the federal income tax. Rich people like you are actually paying a, a lower rate uh, yeah. than folks in the middle class now. And it certainly isn't true in most states when it comes to state and local tax systems. 
most states are at best flat, if not slightly regressive. The national average, the bottom 20% of households pay an effective state and local tax rate of 11.4%. The middle 20% of households pay 9.9%, and the top 1% pay 7.4%. So that is an upside-down tax code nationwide at the state and local level, which just exacerbates the flattening and uh, reversing of our tax system at the national level. Right. Well, it'll be fun to talk to Governor Murphy. He was uh, an executive with Goldman Sachs. Uh, That's where he sort of uh, built his career, but was also the U.S. ambassador to Germany under uh, President Obama from 2009 to 2013. Hey, everybody. I'm Phil Murphy. I'm the 56th governor of the great state of New Jersey. We couldn't be more pleased to have you with us today. And uh, we can talk about a variety of things, but we wanted to narrow our focus on the tax on millionaires uh, that you guys just passed. So tell us what you did and why you did it. First of all, it's very good to be on with both of you. So I'm a big fan, so I'm honored to be with you. And and we don't begrudge people's success. I want to say that up front, whether you're a wealthy individual, whether you're a large corporation, we want more of each in New Jersey. So that's that's an important point I want to get off my chest. But even in peacetime, even pre-pandemic, we also want a fair deal. I got elected to stand for a stronger, fairer New Jersey that works for not just some, but for everybody. And as part of that was to ask the folks who are the wealthiest among us and the big corporations, uh, again, not to vilify them, but to basically help us rebuild our middle class and the dreams of those, as I was, by the way, growing up in a working poor family that someday hopes to get into the middle class and, and, and yet again to folks who are in poverty who are trying to climb out of it. And I succeeded a guy who, who did not feed and nourish the middle class. I'll be, I'll be diplomatic and leave it at that. But the middle, the middle class had been hollowed out. So on things like we stopped, you know, it, New Jersey, by the way, got dealt a very particular hand way back when. Uh, and, and our two big anchors are talent and location, right? So that's the hand we're dealt. Uh, I don't think it's political as to one party or the other, but I got elected to play the damn hand. And so that's, you know, from day one, that's what we've been doing. And so we had asked right out of the get-go, the wealthiest among us to pay a few pennies more on their top dollar. We got partial success in our first budget. And in this now, our, our it's more than our third because we had a couple of budgets this year, uh, but our, our third big budget, uh, we ultimately succeeded. So anyone earning a million dollars or more on those on that top dollar, the millionth dollar and up, we're asking you to pay a few pennies more and we'll put every dime of that into the middle class, whether it's uh, helping us invest in the number one public education system, by the way, yet again, ranked in America, our healthcare, our infrastructure, or next year after everyone gets their tax returns in, and we're gonna actually send, depending on what your income is and how many kids you got, you're gonna get literally a check if you're in the middle class uh, as part of the proceeds from this millionaire's tax. So I think it's all in all a good idea in peacetime, never mind in the in the war that we're in with this pandemic right now. Governor Murphy, you're from the, uh, you're from the finance world. Uh, you're an ex-Goldman Sachs executive, I believe. Um, you know, I'm from the world of entrepreneurs. And so I think that 
I think it's worth reminding our listeners that while, uh, you know, I think this tax gets up to 10 and a half or 11% or something yep. like that, that may sound like a lot, but the national tax code is upside down because people who are making $50 million a year aren't making 50 million in salary uh, taxed at the 37% uh, top tax rate. The vast majority of that income will almost certainly be either dividends or capital gains taxed at half that rate, yeah. right? At 20%. And so this higher tax rate at the state level on very, very high incomes doesn't unfairly punish very wealthy people. It, it more normalizes the tax rate on them given the essentially the perversity of the federal standard of the yeah. federal approach. I, I think I think that's right. And by the way, and I don't make light of this. So I'm, again, I'm not trying to vilify yeah. anybody. We have less than 20,000 people in the state that will pay this tax. So think about that for a second. Less yeah. than 20,000. We have 9 million residents. So right. I'd put it even. And by the way, everyone says, well, they're all going to leave. We have we haven't found one <laughs> bit of evidence that yeah. suggests that that's actually true. There is some evidence that they pick where they, they're going to die. But there's no evidence that we've found that if you have an income tax, that it it dictates where you're going to live, particularly when we pride ourselves in being the number one state in America to raise a family. You know, we haven't figured out all the, the secret sauce here. We're still, we inherited a huge structural deficit. We inherited a hollowed out middle class. So we're on a journey. But what does drive people to, to move is our property taxes in New Jersey. So... If you're retired, think about this for a second. We do have the number one second year in a row. I'm proud to say we beat out the state I was born in Massachusetts for the number one public education system in America. Right. But on average, 53% of your property tax bill in New Jersey goes to public education. So if you're thinking about this for a second, you're retired, you're therefore on a fixed income, you own a home, and Johnny and Sally have graduated from high school there is a legitimate discussion, overwhelmingly, by the way, people in the middle class, uh, where folks say, you know what, how's this math still working for us? 53% of this property tax is going to something that we've got, you know, we got no horse in, the, in that race. And so that's why a big part of our agenda is property tax relief. I want to make sure folks know that. The other thing that's happened since pandemic, and by the way, we wish New York and Philadelphia nothing but success because in the North, in so many respects, as they go, we go. And in the South, as Philly goes, uh, we go. Not quite to the same extent, but they both matter to us. There's a pretty clear, at least temporary, rejection of a vertical working environment, vertical living environment, you know, very urban environment in exchange for that suburban home with the, with the front yard. So we're seeing uh, houses right now still up and down the state fly off the market. So the actual opposite is happening. People are coming into New Jersey at all income levels, largely quality of life, great public schools, infrastructure that works, et cetera. So what will be the uses of the revenue that you're raising uh, on this yep. new tax? So it'll be a combination. I alluded to this earlier. It'll be a combination of helping us fund programs that we're already all in on, I'd say at the top of that list, is record levels of, of public education funding, both K through 12, as well as continued, even in the, in the teeth of this awful pandemic and the economic fallout, a continued expansion of pre-K, making higher education more affordable. So I mentioned talent and location are our two anchors. 
and it'll go in addition to that there will literally be rebate checks next summer right directly into the in, into the pockets of folks who are in the middle class there are other elements of our middle class agenda but none is more important than public education and that delivering of the check is a new wrinkle on this idea which in part uh, i have to say got us uh, over the goal line with our legislative colleagues that's great do, do you think you could have passed this without the uh, pandemic and the, the budget crisis it created? You know, I think we, we would have. We had, we had partial success, I mentioned, in our first budget. So it's been the case that if you have income over $5 million, uh, you've already been paying this, these few extra pennies. I think, guys, we would have gotten there uh, because, and, and I, I'm, I'm maybe naive about this, it is so overwhelmingly an obvious, smart policy step if you care about the middle class. And secondly, if that weren't enough, this is pre-pandemic, guys. I think it polled in New Jersey in the mid to upper 70s, including a majority of Republicans. So mm -hmm. to my to what my way of thinking, you cannot uh, defy gravity forever. Uh, yeah. So I, I think we would have gotten it done, but there's no question the pandemic, the god-awful pandemic probably uh, got it more with more certainty and perhaps sooner than it otherwise would have. So you you may not know, but Washington state has the most regressive tax system in the nation. I mean, it's <laughs> a very progressive place on the whole. We have led on a lot of really interesting, bold policy ideas like the $15 minimum wage and other things. Yep. But we have stalled and Democrats have stalled around this issue of higher taxes on the wealthy. And if you were going to give other governors and legislative bodies advice about how to talk about this and how to move it, what would you say? Yeah, I'm not sure I've got all the answers because it took a lot longer, frankly, even though I'm thrilled we got it done, it took us a lot longer to, to get it done. And I'm a big Jay Inslee fan, so I have yeah. to get that, get that off my chest. As are uh, we. As I knew you are. Yep. Uh, but listen, I think I'll go back to what I said a couple of minutes ago. If you care about the middle class, it's an obvious, it's an obvious policy step. And secondly, I, we, we rarely run our, I don't, I, I literally can't remember the last poll I read. I really don't even care about them. But the fact of the matter is it's broadly accepted. So that tells me without knowing the details in Washington, it tells me there's a gap somehow between the legislative process and the public will. I would guess the public will Correct. in Washington, right? I would guess the public will there is like the public will in New Jersey. It's a, a proudly progressive state that does care about the middle class and have done a lot for it. And, and I think chipping away at it, I mean, I, I, I hate to sound so basic in my answer, but you know, don't give up, chip away at it and debunk the myths. And again, that's not to say that we're, we're vilifying anybody, but you really got to push back when people say folks are going to leave. You, you have to be strong in your answer that, you know what, there's no there's no research anywhere that suggests that right. happens. People right. leave because the, the, the total proposition is not uh, acceptable. And I'll speak for ourselves. Number one public education system in America, one of the best healthcare systems in America, all in on, on fixing NJ transit, roads, bridges, rails, tunnels, quality of life, save the children ranks as number one state in America to raise a kid. It's, it's that total proposition to say, okay, it's, I get it. It's not the lowest cost place by far to live, but it's the best value for money. It's the best 
place in America to raise a family. And again, I can't say, I don't know the Washington details enough, but my gut tells me you could make a similar case for the state of Washington, right? Of course we could. By the way, I would like to suggest a federal law that says you can't you can't make uh, Florida your official residency for tax purposes unless you live there during the summer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Uh, yeah. My lord! Okay, I got I got I'm going to file that one away. Yeah. To, uh, to <laughs> you can't govern to the lowest common denominator, and you know we have to find a way to inspire people to want to contribute to the common good. And for the those few who don't want to, well, you know, what are you going to do? This is a hard question, but if you had to design the perfect state tax system, what would it be? And let me just say that there is no perfect system, yeah. right? But what's your ideal tax system for a state like New Jersey? How is it structured? That's a great question. Like if you just write it, if you could just decide what it was going to be. Yeah. What, Benevolent dictator question here. No political constraints. Exactly. Uh, Benevolent dictator. I love that. So clearly you'd have less property taxes. I mean, that's that's the thing. I've already said this. You'd you'd have less property taxes. I'm not a wealth tax guy. That property tax is in fact that because it's you're paying it on your biggest one. What is in most American families, your biggest asset. I'd probably lean more heavily on income taxes and less heavily on property taxes. We have a sales tax, which is you know reasonably uh, significant. That's regressive, but it's also a big, you know, it's the source of a lot of our, the, the, the much needed revenues, Yeah. right? So that's, um, that's one that, you know, in a, in a perfect world, if you could find, I will say this, by the way, not only did we inherit a, a state that had structural deficits in the middle class that was hollowed out, we also inherited a state that didn't grow. And so too often the, the revenue debates in New Jersey sort of assume a static sort of level of uh, pie. In other words, the pie is looked at as though we can't figure out smart ways to grow that pie. Uh, and so getting the damn thing growing again has been a big, I won't bore you with all the things we're, we, yeah. we do to put into that. And I'd say lastly, smart incentives. And so I say smart because, and I'll, real quick, I inherited again a state that had an open-ended incentive program that ended up, we did a whole, in, in our comptroller did an independent study. It, it, it basically uh, benefited the wealthy and well-connected, and it didn't do the stuff that you would hope it would have done. So we've proposed a new generation, including something, I'll give you one example, an evergreen investment fund, which is a fancy title to jumpstart the venture capital reality in our state. So if we're so darn proud of the talent we've got, we still need the oil in the early stage startup reality that we have not historically uh, had, or at least have not had our fair share of it. We do really well for the most part with the big companies. We've got a ton of Fortune 500 companies that call New Jersey home, and we're proud to have them. But we've done a lot less well in, you know, as opposed to incenting to get a big company to come here. Let's let's put incentives in place that are smart to get them born here. Yeah, those incentives. I mean, you know, Washington State has made some horrible mistakes uh-huh. uh, with these <laughs> Boeing. Uh, Boeing, you know, like <laughs> we shoveled the money at, into Boeing uh, for no reason. It was just, just a catastrophe. And, and and I know you know that these things are usually extortion schemes, <laughs> right? 
And Boeing ultimately, oh, Boeing ultimately left, right? I mean, I, correct. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, they, they took the tax breaks and then moved the jobs out anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I have this opportunity here. I've got a couple. Uh, normally, I just have one really rich guy uh, on the line. Now I've got two of them. Could you tell me how a couple, both of you, how a couple percent increase in your income tax is going to change your life? <laughs> I'll speak for myself. It won't change it at all. Yeah. And I, and I literally mean that. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be cavalier about it, but it won't change it one bit. And I agree. But I, but I would like to say, I mean, I don't like guys like the governor and myself often get attacked when we advocate for high taxes and people say stupid things like, well, if you love them so much, then why don't you pay and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, and I just want to make it clear. I don't know about the governor, but speaking for myself, I, I do not want to pay higher taxes in the same way that I do not want to exercise daily, yeah. frankly, yeah. or to eat my vegetables or to go to the dentist or a bunch of other things or to get my vaccinations. I don't particularly like to wear a mask, but I do have the capacity to connect these relatively unpleasant tasks to both the greater good and the future. And I, yeah. I just think that paying a reasonable amount of tax as a wealthy person has, you know, I mean, I think this span of history shows this is an essential ingredient in living in a high functioning society. There are no high functioning societies on planet earth where rich people don't pay taxes. So it's just, you got to do it. It's not like you got to do it. Listen, I think, Nick, the other thing I'd say, and by the way, again, I want to be emphatic. I want to lower property taxes, but that's overwhelmingly a middle-class reality. Right. When, when I say sure. overwhelmingly, like 99 point something percent, uh, I, I was the U.S. ambassador to Germany under the Obama-Biden administration. I was, I've lived in Germany um, as a private sector person as well. Um, I also will say this, um, it's in our enlightened self-interest. Yes. To, do, to do this, right? Because if, if what, what I've said is true, and it is true in New Jersey, every dime of this will go into strengthening the middle class. Does that help the middle class? It sure does. Does it help the dreams of the folks who grew up as I did looking up, hoping to get in it someday? Absolutely. But guess what? It's good for the wealthy folks as well. It's a it better, is. stronger society state, uh, and that's good for everybody. And more customers. More, more customers. customers. You more betcha. customers. Uh, we'd like to ask you our our closing question, which is, why do you do this work? <laughs> um, I, I will tell you, maybe this is something else I should have associated with um, talking about tax equity. I think we've seen over the past eight months something else happening. And that is people are being reminded that government, when it's done right, is existentially important. It's an essential element of our lives. This is, we have long graduated from Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan's government's not the answer, it's the problem. When it's done right, especially in, in my time as governor, which is coming toward three years, the past eight months. Uh, and by the way, we've paid an enormous toll. I know you guys know this, but over 14,000 confirmed fatalities, uh, over 16,000 if you include probables. But we have also saved a lot of lives. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm, I'm just suggesting that when government works, when you take public health deadly seriously, 
you can transform or maybe even save lives. And if that's part of the job description, even if I'm only one team member of it, that is probably the most gratifying thing I'll ever do in my life. Well, uh, Governor, we could not be more pleased to have had you on. So great to get you in conversation about this and uh, great work out in New Jersey. Congratulations. You are the best. And thanks. I'm honored to be on with you guys. Good luck to both of you. And uh, again, thank you for having me. I got to tell you, Nick, uh, having grown up in Philadelphia, watching uh, New Jersey politics for a very long time. Oh, my God, is it refreshing to have a mention the governor's mansion. There. Exactly. <laughs> you know, honestly, Goldie, I do think it is helpful to be relatively wealthy as the governor is and to have that Goldman Sachs pedigree if you're going to lead the charge on raising taxes on wealthy people, because I do think that it gives you the standing to make the arguments in a way uh, that lots of other folks struggle with. So I think that that's really, really cool. And I do think also, though, that, you know, like we are in a national crisis. This is as close to a real war as the country has been to in some time. And it shocks me that at this moment, you know, so many people don't want to pay more. You know, when the country and your fellow citizens so obviously need you. And it just makes me want to ask these people, like, what's up? Like, what kind of person isn't willing to put their shoulder to the wheel in a time of crisis like this? I find it just shocking. Are you questioning their patriotism, Nick? Yes. Well, I'm questioning their humanity. Forget patriotism. I mean, it just it's just shocking that you could not care. I mean, be, and by the way, be super open about the fact that you don't care enough about what's happening in your country and what's happening to so many families around that you wouldn't make the slightest sacrifice to help. By the way, given that it will have zero impact on your life, there will be zero trade-offs made. You know, like it just it's just really quite amazing. I, I, I do think that as a society, neoliberalism gave people permission to act like that and still have social standing. Our society gave people a break who took those positions and didn't shame them. But I think we have to come back to a world in which, you know, it's impossible to hold your head up in polite society if you're not willing to, you know, actively participate in making the society better uh, by paying your fair share of taxes. I think I think that's really important. Any, anyway, we're big admirers of um, Governor Murphy. He's put New Jersey on the path to $15 minimum wage. He's expanded paid family leave and ensured paid sick days for all workers. He's doing a lot of great work. New Jersey can be a butt of jokes sometimes, sitting between the Philadelphia and New York media markets. But uh, my God, what a great state. This is what a high-functioning state is like, and that's why it's one of the wealthiest in the countries and, and has one of the highest incomes. Yeah. Be fun to see what the next years bring. On the next episode of Pitchfork Economics, we talk with economist Ioana Marinescu, 
about what happens to American workers and the American economy when the unemployment benefits run out. Pitchfork Economics is produced by Civic Ventures. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at Civic Action and Nick Hanauer. Follow our writing on Medium at Civic Skunkworks and peek behind the podcast scenes on Instagram at Pitchfork Economics. As always, from our team at Civic Ventures, thanks for listening. See you next week.